Hello, uh, my name is John Brink and we are podcasting today on the Brink from Prince George, the capital of northern British Columbia and an absolutely beautiful region. Uh, Prince George uh, is about, for those that are watching from far away, far away uh, it's about 800 kilometers north of Vancouver and smack in the center of British Columbia. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Terry McConaughey. And uh, Terry, welcome to the program. Thank you, John. It's really, really an honor to be here. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to have you. Tell us a little bit about your past. Are you from this region or? Actually, I was born, well, I was going to be a cheeky, but I was uh, born in Chilliwack, actually, in 65. Uh, and my folks had met in a small town of Lillooet where they went to high school and, and grew up. And um, I'm one of those um, babies that was uh, born where my uh, mom had to go away yeah. to another community. Okay. Uh, so I was born in Chilliwack as a result. So right. when she went to, uh, as the uh, proverbial, take care of a sick aunt and then came home with a baby. Right. So times have changed, right, John? Times yeah, have yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. So... And, and so you lived in Chilliwack for? No, was just born there and was raised in um, Lillooet for a few years. Right. Uh, lived in Giscom for a few years, went to Giscom Elementary School. Um, really small town girl, really. Prince yeah. George is the big city in comparison to some of the places that I've lived. So, so like uh, Chilliwack is cl uh, in the lower mainland, close to Vancouver. Correct. And Lillooet is a little bit further away. It's um, it's one of the hot spots of the province, right. and it's about a five-hour drive from Prince George. I still have family there. Yeah, um, it's an amazing little community. I mm. love it. Um, Mayor Hall also goes to Lillooet quite often too. So we uh, swap oh. stories. How come uh, he, he goes has there? friends there? He has friends there. Right. So uh, I have family there, and yeah. actually Kevin and I were just there earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. And boy, things have changed there, yeah. John. It changed a lot. And Kevin is? My husband. Uh, your husband. And, uh, you know, the. So then you want to Giscom. And yes. now, for those guests that are watching us from far and wide, Giscom is very close to Prince George. It is. A bit of a lumber town uh, yeah. east of Prince George. Correct. Uh, how far? Uh, oh my gosh, it was maybe, well, I was actually lived in Willow River. My dad ran a gas station in Willow River. That is slightly north of Prince George. Yeah, and um, we would get on the school bus every morning when it was still dark, of course, and take the school bus out to Giscom Elementary. That school has been torn down since, yeah, yeah. since then. Um, but it was a thriving little community yeah. at the time. And so how uh, old were you when you were in Giscom? Uh, that was grade one and two. And um, yeah, skipped kindergarten, went right to grade one and two uh, there. I think I've been to like six schools in 12 years, right. six or seven. So then you went to high school. Yeah, by the time I got to high school, I actually went to um, Ron Brent, which was Connaught Elementary. Ron Brent was actually my grade four teacher. Is that in the uh, That's in Miller the Connaught. Edition? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the Connaught area. And went to Sacred Heart Elementary. Right. And then to the Catholic High School for a few years. Now okay. is O'Grady High. Okay. 
and that was interesting. That was grade eight and nine, and then grade 10, 11, and 12 was out to um, Kelly Road. Kelly Road. Yeah. And, and then where did you, what did you do after that? After that, um, well, I met my husband. I yeah. met Kevin in uh, the halls of um, KRSS okay. in grade 10. So Kevin and I have actually been friends since I was 15, and I'm 55 now. Right. And uh, it'll, be our, yeah, it'll be our 33rd wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah, so Kevin's family moved across the country to Bear Lake, and um, I'm grateful that they did. They came out for work um, in the pulp mill. A yeah. lot of his family, uh, his parents and his uncles, all came out to Prince George from um, Toronto area yeah. to work in the forest industry. Yeah, so Bear Lake again reminds me of a forest small community about oh, yeah. 45 miles north of, uh, or uh, 50 uh, yes, kilometers maybe, north of Prince George. Yeah, 50 minutes. Yeah, had a, had a couple of sawmills. Yeah. And, 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 and so a lot of the industry there was logging or uh, lumber manufacturing related, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of jobs. It, it was a very thriving community. Yes. At one time. Um, definitely the lumber industry has shaped our, our yeah. neck of the woods in the province for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so you were there uh, for a period and then, uh, so then you want to Giscom. Yeah, so from, um, yeah, Giscombe Elementary when I was really young, um, like grade one and two, and living out on Willow River, and that was back in the day, John, when, when literally we did all the things that you're not supposed to. We jumped off the bridge into the river, we played on the railroad tracks, we yeah. would, you know, like leave in the morning and didn't come home until you knew roughly the Flintstones were on, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. it was just a really a different time and a great community to grow up as a, as yeah. a kid. Yeah, no doubt. And but, but small, right? Small community. Oh, yeah. You knew everybody in town and... Uh, everybody knew everybody. Uh, there's two channels. And uh, gosh, I'm sounding like my grandpa now. Back in the day, there was only two channels and there was a party line phone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very normal then, right? It was. Yeah, because Absolutely. all kinds of people on the same line. And yeah. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah, it was interesting. It was great. Great place to grow up small. I think it would be problematic if I was still there as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. Um, by then, uh, you know, my folks had bought their first house in the Miller edition and that tied me to um, Ron Brent and um, Sacred Heart. And then uh, they moved out to the heart, and I spent the majority of my life out there. And, and so, where in the Miller Edition? Hemlock Street. Hemlock. I had a place on for twenty years on Gorse. Oh my gosh! So we, my parents' first home was on Hemlock. Now that we're off the Hard Highway, Kevin and I have owned a house on Gorse for about fifteen years now. Okay. So I can actually see. So my you live old on house. Gorse now? Yeah. In Bits Block. Uh, it's um. 1883, Eighteen, closer yeah. to the park. Correct. Yeah, yeah, so I was closer to Patricia. You were at the other end. Correct. So uh, my mom lives in a suite in our home, and we go out walking often in our neighborhood. Perfect. And um, we actually, the owners of my old house on Hemlock Street let us in to see our old house. Nice. Eh? That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So much history, you know, because if you look at the Miller edition and we can virtually see it from here, if yeah, you look out that way, because you are about 
half a dozen blocks away from your house as you sit here on the couch. Exactly. And, and uh, so the, the house that we lived in uh, started, bought it in 1972 for about $30,000. It was built in 1914. Oh my gosh. That was, uh, I think the, the city was incorporated in 1914 or 18? Uh, no, it was 19, 1915. The city Not was incorporated. 1915. Yeah. So there was one, two, three houses in the row. We had the middle one bought uh, uh, in, 19, uh, in 1972. And the other one next to it was the first hospital. Can you imagine? Yes. All three of them look similar yeah. to that. So, so the reason that I'm, I'm kind of looking at that is as we are sitting here in Prince George and especially for those people either in other parts of Canada or from around the world uh, you know Canada is so young as a country oh gosh yeah and and then looking at uh, you know Prince George it was incorporated in 1914 or 15 yeah and a very young city and uh, and then very much a, a boom city and, oh yes. And and when I came here in 1965, and we are sitting here at a location that looks out at George Street, and then during that period when it was uh, the people that came to Prince George, the question was usually, when did you get here, and when are you leaving? And it was a boom <laughs> time to make money, and then you leave again. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I didn't, and you didn't for sure. And here we are. And here we are. What happened after that? After now you're in, uh, you, you, ma you got married to Kevin and... Uh, we did. We got married in uh, 19, well, after high school, went to college. Yeah. And... Um, so where did you go to college? To the College of New Caledonia. Okay. To study yeah. one. And I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. I wanted to be a teacher, John. And then, but into my, it, at that time, it was, you could do two years at the college level and okay. then do teacher training, which was 10 months. Okay. So, and by this time we had a family. So yeah. our kids were tweens. How kind many kids of. have you got? We have three. Three? So, um. What so, are the names? Oh, Melissa, Michelle, and Mike. Okay. And, and they are all in the region too? They are. They are. Both of our girls are married also. They yeah, yeah. Uh, married farm kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, one from uh, La Casse. Um, out in Salmon Valley and um, Devereaux's out at Reed Lake. And so both our daughters are married. Our son has his own company. He travels all over the north. He is, is a also no in, right. Also in Prince George? That is correct, company? yeah. What's yeah. the company's name? Just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. He has, um, oh my gosh, he's going to be so mad if I can't remember. <laughs> Highlander Millerite Services. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, right in touch with our Celtic roots as a McConaughey. He's got the big <laughs> coat of arms on the side of his tool I truck. I like it. I yeah. do too. So yeah. he's in Edson right now, I think. Yeah. So he travels all over the place. Okay. So I interrupt you a little bit. In no worries. Yeah. No worries at all. So... Um, yeah. So, so uh, you went to college and you got your teachers. No, I never, I never finished it. I, I, sorry, I went to college, took a few courses, got married, thought I would go back and finish yeah, to become yeah. a teacher. Yeah. As we had kids. You would have been a great teacher. I think I would have, I loved it. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I really think so too, Because you're John. so outgoing, right? Well, so. and I have a, I have a passion for um, young people. Exactly. I, I really do. Um, yeah, you I, would have I, been a natural. I think they're really nifty humans. Yeah. When they're kind of at that, what you would define as a difficult age, I think they're the they're the coolest. Exactly. Humans. They are. 
um, they don't just take status quo. Yeah. They do push back uh, right. against the yeah. against the status quo, and exactly. they ask questions, and they don't just accept things because that's the way it's always been. Exactly. I like humans like that. Yeah. So I find too soon we get too complacent, and maybe we're um, maybe we're just tired. Uh, I don't know, and you just seem to be a little bit more accepting of things, and yeah. that's the way it is. And um, but I love that age of when people um, they ask questions. Why? So you didn't go in that direction. So what did you do then? Well, so one of my first you got job, married. I did. I got married and had my own family, and oh, I ran a daycare. So yeah. I did that instead, John. So I yeah. was so fortunate. Uh, so instead of R three, I had seven or eight every day. Yeah. And um, that what a what a fun couple of years that was. Yeah. And those kids we're still friends with to this day. Yeah. And the moms were still well, sure. um, really good friends. And yeah. I've watched them get married and have their own families now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. How lucky. Yeah. Not everybody gets that. And um, then one of my first jobs, kind of in the management realm, like entry level, was uh, I managed Bubble Blues when it was still open. And that was in Park Center? Yeah, it was in Park Hill Center. Yeah. And it was a big family entertainment I center. I remember that. That was for kids to go, oh, right? Oh, it was so much fun. So I worked with about 50 different teenagers. Right. Mostly from Kelly Road or from DP Todd. And right. There again, I think I was able to uh, get my enjoyment. If I couldn't teach, I got paid to still work with a whole lot of young people. Yeah. And um, there again, I've watched them grow, get married. I've been invited to baby showers. How long did you have that? That was only a couple of years. Yeah. 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 So that was tough. Um, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, John. So what happened after that? After that, I went and um, I might be getting confused. Actually, I think, yeah, I managed um, the Hubble Homestead for a couple of years. Homesteaders meet? I uh, know. Sorry, the Hubble Homestead. It's oh, the, uh, Hubble Homestead. the heritage site. Okay. Yeah. A, a very historic place. Yeah, totally. Uh, northeast of Prince George. That is correct. Yeah, it's down Mitchell Road, um, just on your way between Prince George and Bear Lake. Yeah, and 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 what was unique about it? Because that's again is part of the history of uh, the Prince George region. And it is. It is the um, oldest house in C2 in our region. So the Hubble House is the oldest house that is in its original place. So when was it In built? northern BC. Um, I believe that, oh no, now you're testing me. I thought, why do I think 1912 around then? Kind of around the same age as the first fair. Yeah. yeah 1912. Yeah. So, so again, an, an area that... Uh, for visitors coming you see the reason that i i kind of like to point those things out because this is such an amazing place to visit oh uh, it is you know the prince george region not only do we have prince george about eighty thousand people with all the amenities that you can possibly think of and then we have thousands of lakes all around us in this absolute unbelievable nature that we have here. You can see bears, you can see moose. Uh, uh, one of the fellows that is on my team showed me caribou from just north of oh here, uh, McLeod Lake, and a herd of caribou, hundred, just all in the wild. All of that is happens here. I think our region, is it not, John, like 
from Hubble Homestead up north um, west is like the largest grizzly bear population on planet Earth. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yes, I can. Yes, because they used to stroll through the site every now and then. Um, a cinnamon bear mama and her cubs would just walk across while we're having a staff barbecue. And it was like, oh my gosh, I love this job. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, on, so all of that all around us, not only to visit, but to live and to work in this area is just absolutely amazing. And, uh, and then the other thing that we have south of us, Bargafield and, and uh, an amazing ha uh, history beyond that, uh, uh, where the gold fields were in... Uh, yeah, uh, the good old um, gold rush days um, from California to Victoria up to Barkerville and um, up to Hubble Homestead yeah. area, in, all in search of gold, and then over the Giscom Portage Trail and all the way up to the Yukon. Yeah, all, yeah. all, all and, and which again, uh, uh, being in the middle of the province, that's probably to the Yukon border, uh, for those that are not familiar with uh, BC, that's another 800 kilometer. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, so we have a, a, a big, big province, but it is absolutely amazing and beautiful. It is. So, so now somewhere along the line, you became political. Well, I was going to say, I think formally political. Yeah, perhaps. yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think we all should be a little bit political. Yeah. Um, and people use politics like it's a bad word. Yeah. But it's not really. No. It really is by, you know, uh, definition and loosely is um, it's about a small group of people uh, making decisions for the betterment of a larger group. Correct. So um, I've always thought that that part is really important, John, and all of... Um, because let's face it, whether you're in your own family, you're making decisions for a larger group. If you're in a place of employment, like myself, whether it be the home builders or working at the exhibition, we're working, I'm making decisions for our larger group. But you always have been active in the community, yes. right? In, in many areas, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that is, um, uh, it's a responsibility yeah. of being a citizen. You take that as part of being part of a community, is, yes. is being involved proactively, right? Absolutely, to the best of your ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, we all have yeah. limitations and life comes at you fast and whether you're raising families, working full time. Yeah. But even if you can't get out there and, and, and whip up a whole exhibition, it's being, in, being aware and being involved, knowing, being educated, being, yeah, knowing who's making the decisions for you yeah. is really important. Yeah. Now, you're also executive director of the uh, Home Builders Association of yes. Northern British Columbia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the best job. How, how big is that region? Our region is all the way from like Williams Lake up and over to you either hit the Alberta border or fall in the water. Yeah. All the so way. So from Prince Rupert all the way to it is... It's at gigantic. Least at uh, more than half of the province. It is, yeah. If you look at it, by size, our, yeah, our size geographically, yeah, geographically, we are the largest local of the Canadian home builders of the eight locals in the province. So, sure. how long have you been involved in that? You know uh, what? I was thinking about this the other day, and I cannot believe I think I'm in my ninth year. This ninth is the year. longest I've ever been at any job. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, I still don't know everything. It is incredible. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. So, 
So that then being said, uh, you know, the what's happening, it, it appears to me like uh, obviously we are also developers as the brain group yeah. uh, among lumber and, and some of the other things that in warehousing and logistics. But, uh, you know, we actively involved in the building, uh, uh, developing and building, uh, you know, what's happening from in northern British Columbia and Prince George uh, in the building. Uh, house prices are rising and... They are, John. Yeah. It's, it's really quite alarming, actually. Um, it is concerning, the cost of... It, it's fine if you're in one, because to many people, your home is your security and part of your whole financial, perhaps your retirement equation. But for next generations trying to get into housing, it is, it's tough, tough right, tough, John? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. So, but it is, it's been very busy. Yeah. Prince George in particular, construction has been incredible. Yeah. Um, almost, I think it was um, just this year in permits, just over 400 permits, over $180 million. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's just between now and October, or January to October. And probably next year will look the same. Yeah, so next year is looking promising. Yeah. It's looking busy. Um, so COVID has thrown some wrenches, as you know, as yeah. a developer and builder. Yeah. Um, supply chain issues, um, staffing issues. Yeah. Um, cost increases. Remember Lumber? where seriously, I was just going to retire and sell toothpicks because I would have made more money yeah. that way. So yeah. um, we've come and gone through that. Um, folks looking just to even get bathtubs in for multifamily, it's been tough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's always challenges, but I think with this industry, I look at folks like you, at builders and developers, very intrepid, some of the hardest working people I know, right? A lot like farmers in one way, the eternal optimist, yeah. Hard working, yeah. seven days a week, 24, 7, 365. Yeah. And, um, you know, like next year, it's just going to be better. Yeah. Right. And just that yeah. ability to pivot when necessary. Yeah. It's really incredible. Yeah. And the other thing uh, it's exciting is that uh, the developments of so, so much has changed on the building side in terms of the houses that are being built are at equal levels than anywhere else in the province that you can imagine. The quality of uh, building and uh, the developments are, uh, you know. Oh yeah, they uh, are. Well, um, just with environmental um, mandates with the BC Energy Step Code, for instance, houses yeah. now, are, are, our whole goal is just to build more efficient, more comfortable, um, cleaner on the environment and indoor air quality, comfy, cozy, not those cold spots or those big airy spots that you would have in right. um, older housing stock. Just um, a whole house as a system, um, all the way up to perhaps like a net zero, where it's 80% more efficient than it was um, before. And um, amazing solar energy, energy rather to fill in that other 20%. Yeah. So it's a whole little, all these little systems of houses that are using the energy that they produce. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so your organization, uh, the uh, Northern Interior Home Builders Association, what do they do uh, for our general public that are watching? What are they involved in, other than the obvious, you know? So. Yeah, well, I think probably the more obvious parts is it's an association uh, membership-driven 
And it exists really to be be the voice of the residential construction industry. Right. Regionally, provincially, nationally. Right. And that's to make sure that um, our members, people that are in the field, have someone to speak for them. Right. Um, you know, make sure we work with lawmakers and um, and and we're there to uh, make sure that silly ideas don't end up meeting you out in the field. Right. Right. And um, and also we have a mandate towards the general public and homeowners. Yeah. Because yeah. we believe that everybody has a has a right to good housing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we advocate for housing affordability. Yeah. Yeah. And, and making sure that uh, builders are credible, right? So yeah. They, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And accountable, right? Yeah, that's one of the benefits, um, I think, that has turned out for some families when they have had an issue with the builder. They'll phone me, and if they're a member, or if they're not a member, there's really nothing I can do, John, because yeah. it ends up being a, a legal matter in the end. Yeah. And um, But sometimes, just sometimes, we've been able to step in as a intermediate, if you will, um, between the homeowner and the builder. It, it creates the linkage. Yeah, right? and yeah. just kind of bring in some uh, peers to that builder to yeah. kind of try to work it out. Nobody yeah. nobody wants to no. have to, nobody no. wins when no. you end up having to duke it out in court. No. So if it's between the homeowner and the builder and just finding a way to resolve. And yeah. we've been very successful yeah. with that. So it's good. So how do you see the other areas of the province, uh, meaning your region? Uh, so we see the Prince George area, Williams Lake to a certain extent, uh, Quanell, McKinsey, Fort St. James, and all the way up to Fort Nelson, Fort St. John. How do I see it? Like in yeah. terms of um, um, economy? Right. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's good. Prince George is... We're very fortunate that we're, we have more of a diverse economy. Correct. Um, we're still very dependent on forestry, of course. Right. Um, so it has, while Prince George has been booming, some of our members, perhaps like in the Peace area, Fort St. John, Dawson Creek, have not been as busy. They're more right. tied to that cyclical oil and gas right. industry more so. And then out west has been crazy. Yeah. Where folks can't find a place to rent and terrace. Yeah. Right, so it's a, it's it's a little bit different depending. Yeah. I mean, as you say, it's a big chunk of land. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. different in all Same areas. Same as Prince Rupert and uh, Kitimat and. Yeah, they're so busy. Yeah, yeah, they've been very busy there. So it just depends on what economic activity. Yeah. How close to work camps and mines that they all are all situated. Yeah. Do you travel a lot then, uh, Cherry? To... I did. I did. I'm um, pre. Um, pre when we could when we could, um, not as much as I should, but yeah. that definitely is, is on the radar for yeah, the yeah. future. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to Fort St. John and Dawson Creek meet members there. And, yeah. and just um, the good thing is, is that our board um, is situated so that we have, uh, we have representation from yeah, all yeah. the areas. Yeah, yeah. So our current board chair lives in, and works in Vanderhoof. Our past president lives and works in Quinnell. Yeah. Our f next um, president lives and works in Fort St. John. Right. So it's great. So once a month, it, they bring yeah, they bring all that knowledge to the table so that yeah, yeah. we know what's going on. So, yeah, yeah. So that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the other part of your political involvement is you're on city of 
Pinjoet's council. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that all happen? Um, you know what? I was. Um, what, people ask me, "Why did you run for council?" and and I just say, out of spite. Yeah. It wasn't really anything that's great, grandiose. Um, uh, it wasn't one hundred percent. I guess I thought at that time in twenty fourteen after uh, a winter with, with really abysmal, abysmal snow removal and I saw things that I didn't like and I thought I can either just like complain in the coffee shops with everybody else yeah. or uh, I could step up to the plate. just step up to the plate yeah. and, and be the change that I wanted to see or yeah. play a role right. in that. And so So you're I now did. in your second term? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't believe it. We're going, we're sliding into home of that uh, second term is winding up. We've got an election in 2022 again yeah. already. And and when is that in 22 in November? I believe, oh my gosh, I should know this. I've kind of just blocked it out for now. It's October, November, John, you're yeah. right. Yeah. It's in one so, of those months. So when you decided in 2014 that you would be uh, uh, going into politics, that meant you had to have a campaign and you yep. had to, uh, you know, go out there and give all these presentations and forums and... Oh, yeah. And, and uh, was it highly contested? Was it a bit, a bit of a well, there battle? Was, there was, oh my God, if I remember correctly, there was almost 30 people oh my. running. It was, it was, it was a big, there was a whole lot of us oh my. that would just kind of go around to every single, um, diff as you say, the different events and debates and whatnot. So we kind of got friendly after a while. I mean, you keep yeah, showing yeah. up, seeing the same person. Well, exactly. Some of the other folks that could actually recite their stump speech, right? Yeah. Because we all listened to each other. Um, yeah, so in the end, um, I was able to just slide in above that uh, with all my friends and family on the election night and the check mark went beside my name and um i think my mom was the happiest so yeah, she yeah. thought that was pretty cool yeah 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 and, and then you had to do your first term and then do right. it again and in 2018 or yeah oh my gosh yeah, yeah. so they're four-year terms yeah which i think are great yeah. i think that's one of the best um yeah the best um thing that they ever did was to make that uh change yeah yeah so to go from three to four years. You actually get more done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then you had another campaign uh, in, uh, you know, the... Uh, 2018, I guess it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. It was 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2014 and then 2018. Yeah. yeah. And how did it go? It was good. If That was a crazy campaign, though, John. That was nuts. I had... Uh, I. I had a, a housing awards at work and um, all kinds of different things going on. So it was really, really busy. I found 2018 very stressful. Yeah, not going to lie. 2018 stressful? Yeah, it was. Yeah, It really why? was. It was, um, yeah, just too Lots much. I spread too thin. Or? There was, there again, there was a lot of people running yeah. again. Yeah, there was a whole group of us. So how it works is, uh, how many councillors on the city hall? There's nine, including the mayor. And, and so... Eight of the councillors, and then uh, you know, then the, the the top ones elected will become. Yeah, there's that benchmark. So there's yeah. like 28, 29 names, and you gotta just hope that you're within the top. 
top, the top eight section, or nine. That is correct. And yeah. then the mayor is contested again as well, right? Yeah, the mayor runs his or her own race. Yeah. So against anybody else. And then the other eight are uh, are uh, the top eight will be counted. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you just kind of watch and just hope that your name rises above that line. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so no, it, it has been uh, an amazing learning curve. So during the period that you have been on city council, a lot happened in terms of the Prince George's city has developed, has grown. If we oh, could look a, behind us it's now, insane. it's already dark, but we see the swimming pool. We see all those things that have been built in, in Prince George, one through one of the most aggressive growth periods in virtually all the years that I've been here. Uh, you and me both, John. It has been yeah. absolutely incredible. In developing infrastructure. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, we have the university, the College of New Caledonia, yeah. and then we are changing more of the other infrastructure, roads and, and all of those kind of things. And then the swimming pool, the new swimming pool was an amazing structure. But at the same time, we had a lot of development, other development, building houses and more new people come in, new jobs have been created. And then the other thing that I find amazing, and so many hotels, new hotels, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah, two more just downtown, right? Yeah. Alone. Yeah. yeah. And and all seem to even during COVID, although a bit of a challenge, but but now I look at it and everything is full. And yeah, it's incredible. Th this has definitely been an unprecedented time of construction period and then uh, you know the way i kind of look at it uh, cherry is uh, you know that uh, i'm a great believer in that prince george has amazing potential because it is the uh, you know the uh, natural center of the province but also in terms of uh, you know the from a from the road perspective the railroad the air and uh, you know the uh, we are a natural center, uh, you know, for uh, Central British Columbia. Absolutely. And and then the other thing that was has been amazing during your period is uh, how Prince George stepped up to the plate during the forest fire or the fires that we had, uh, you know, seventeen eighteen, uh, you know, where uh, you know all of a sudden uh, the whole area pulled together when so many people had to vocate their homes in their regions and Prince George opened their doors and, uh, you know, and showed real leadership. Uh, Actually, you know what, now that you kind of mentioned that, I'm just kind of pondering, I don't know, in seven years um, that I've served, we've had a pandemic, two um, forest fires, yeah. right? And unprecedented growth. Yeah. There's a lot, been a lot going on. It, it is the most active period that I've seen in all this time that I lived here since 1965, other than the period where there was a boom in the mid 60s, all the sawmills came in and the pelt mills and all the other things. And yeah. uh, this, this time in the last uh, uh, 
seven, eight, ten years, seven, eight, nine, ten years, uh, you know, all these other things all happen at the same time. COVID, uh, obviously the major fires during the summers of 17, yeah, we 18. Yeah, from 2017 when, you know, almost all of Williams Lake kind of snuggled in with us. Exactly. And then the following year, to a smaller extent, but no less impactful for the people that were involved, that was out west. Exactly. And then, boom, just because we got bored for a minute, we yeah. decided to participate in a global pandemic. Yeah for the last couple of years, and it really has changed. Like any of the plans that we had or anything uh, that we had hoped to achieve for our city in the last few years has um, changed to um, keeping us safe um, and, and, and guarding, guarding our city and making wise decisions in the face of what we have been dealing with. Yeah, and that considering that it was in such a massive change you know, some because of circumstances beyond our control, there was the pandemic and the fires that happened. Uh, and then at the same time, the city is changing, uh, you know, with major infrastructure pieces. And then, uh, you know, obviously other things that are happening right now, uh, forest industry and transition. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had a lot of the sawmills that we relied on have shut down. And uh, I still am a great believer in the future of the forest industry, but it will look different. Yes. You know, so it's an industry in transition where we will see a smaller industry, but a lot more value added. Uh, well, it's already know. so different, John. I mean, just going into when Kevin and I were first together, and that was back in the day when you could walk into a, a, a sawmill or the pulp mill with your resume on a Friday and start on Monday. Or Friday afternoon. Or, or Friday afternoon, right? And, um, you know, Kevin has done all the work. You know, he used to, you know, pull off the green chain and um, he would paint and um, strap um, end loads and he could support our family. Yeah. On that wage. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, those were the great jobs and boy, there were so many. Yeah. And now there's just, there's still lots of opportunity. It just looks different. Yeah, it's, it's an industry in transition. We are very, very fortunate in British Columbia and in the interior, but throughout all of British Columbia. It's such an amazing, amazing uh, province and such an amazing country. Uh, uh, you know, the, I do a lot of flying, uh, you know, where I transit between here and Victoria or Vancouver. And I always sit at the window, uh, you know, looking out of the window, I say, it's paradise. It is. It simply doesn't get any better. It is. You know. And, I agree with you. And then I look at Prince George in particular. I call it the capital of the of uh, northern capital of British Columbia. Is that? Uh, and sometimes I remind my friends down south that probably seventy five percent of the gross domestic product of the province comes from northern BC. Just in case that's uh, just making sure that nobody forgets. In case that. they forget. <laughs> but. Prince George has such a great future, such an amazing place for growth that we are just on the threshold of that, seeing it expanding northern British Columbia. And uh, hence, a lot of people are looking at the, this region and, uh, and uh, there is no pleasure place with the university, the college, all the other infrastructure. And the healthcare that is and here. Health, all of that. There is no better place to raise a family than nope, in Northern BC, and uh, and, and you can fly and, and be in Vancouver. 
Yes. If you would like for a weekend, you could be there in an hour. You could go right to Victoria, go straight to the island, go straight to Calgary. Um, you can go straight to Mexico. Exactly. So. And, and so uh, it is becoming more and more uh, a capital city. And as it develops and the infrastructure develops, I think good leadership at, uh, on C in City Hall has been uh, extremely important to all of that uh, throughout. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and although lots of pressure and lots of things happening all at the same time, the key for us is to have the infrastructure. I and, agree. And between the university and the colleges, uh, we see more and more people that we rely on as a company and talking uh, as the brain group of companies, we employ close to 400 people, but we're looking always for more people and especially yes. the ones that are being trained here. Yeah. One of the things that I've been in particular, uh, very proactive uh, working with the college, but also with the university, but the college is, uh, you know, uh, at, at, uh, getting more of uh, training for the jobs that we have in the future, the new jobs or the existing jobs, the new technology and uh, uh, trade in technology programs that are very, very important. That is important to do because we need to educate for the jobs that are there. The future. It, it, it would be like training blacksmiths. Exactly. Right? It's, there's no future yeah. for that. So, no, you're very right. I'm grateful for the advocacy yeah. that you do on that. And, and, and so what we like to see is, uh, you know, and I've been w very active with the college on it to build a, a technology center here right next to the College of New Caledonia to look at the, the new jobs that we need, not only the existing ones, but also the new ones that uh, for a changing industry, not only the forest industry, but industry in a general sense yeah. that we have the trades and the uh, skill sets that we require. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the natural resources, we have those, uh, you know, it's not the location, it's not the entrepreneurship, it's not the capital, the skilled workforce is the key that will attract capital for new industry. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is important. Now looking at yourself and uh, saying, uh, you know, the, uh, you've had a few challenges uh, physically, uh, you, you want to share those with us? Oh yeah, no, I no worries whatsoever, John. Because I think uh, I think it's important to talk about things like cancer. Um, because uh, oh look, our premier is just announced that he is going through treatment for cancer. Um, I did myself earlier this year for cervical cancer, and um, yeah, it can. It's uh, cancer is um, very indiscriminate. Yeah. Right on on where it's going to pop up and it's a real jerk. Um, but the good news is, is uh, we live in the best province. Yeah. For cancer treatment. We have a center here in Prince George. Yeah. Uh, Kelowna, Vancouver and on the island. And we live in the best country. Yeah. I can't even imagine, John. I am grateful. I was always a very grateful person. It's just even ramped up even more so. Yeah. Um, grateful every night when I go to bed and every morning when I wake up, yeah. ready to start the day because it didn't cost me a cent, John. Yeah, amazing. My and and it's not that all my treatment or anybody's cancer treatment is free. It's my fellow Canadians had my back. Yeah, and um, and and it is true. I'd always had that attitude 
um, whether it's uh, somebody in Fort St. John that needs a bypass or, or uh, a, a young person in, um, you know, in Newfoundland that requires or somebody out in uh, Vancouver on the island that needs treatment um, as a Canadian, I want them, I don't want anybody to have the hardship of finances or to have to lose their house or to worry about how am I going to pay for this. Yeah. And as Canadians, thank goodness I live in a country where people agree with me yeah. from that perspective because, yeah, so. There's many other places where that is not the case. And right. The United States comes to mind, but there are other places as well. I where, agree. Where virtually any of that, uh, everything would be at risk for you if you were living in some of the other places. That, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. right? And, and I know when I, I came out of... Uh, a radiation appointment once and and uh, I was very lucky that I felt really great right up until the last week so thank goodness it was the last week and and it's it's tough but it's it's not something that um you know seven weeks for a lifetime yeah right that it's it's it was so worth it and just and without the support of my husband and my family sure. and my employer this entire city yeah. was amazing John yeah, and so I've I had an opportunity to meet other cancer survivors, people who have gone through treatment. Now I take it upon myself. Now is um, now I'm going to try to be that person that other people were for me. Yeah, and I just didn't know how much I needed it or how much it mattered until it happened to me. Yeah. So um, just like you don't know um, what losing a parent is like until you know my dad passed away. Yeah you know, at 57. So now what, you know, when my friends were starting to lose their dads, I was able to be a better friend and a better advocate. Yeah. You know, when, um, when our daughter, um, when, um, lost, um, our granddaughter, our first grandchild, yeah. um, down at BC women's hospital, um, she was still born. Um, now I know what that is like. And yeah. so I, I'm there to support other families that yeah. go through that. Yeah, and so I guess my point of this is is um, just sharpens your edges a little bit. Yeah, I think when you go through these things. Yeah, and um, when uh, folks, sorry, I, I had started uh, to tell the story how at the cancer clinic here, I came out and I, and I said good morning to what looked like a mom and daughter, and she looked terrified. She had that look in her eyes that I had at the beginning, yeah. where you just don't know what the heck am I in for here and she and I said good morning and she goes you're, you're a city councillor aren't you yeah and I said I am and she goes but but you have cancer and I said I do yeah I said I'm halfway through my treatment yeah and she goes oh silly me well of course she goes you're just a human being of course yeah. you could get cancer and I well, said sure. I said happens to anybody yeah. I said and I'm plowing through and so are you yeah right you know and yeah. um shoots yeah, you just don't realize it. Yeah. You think you you think it's this thing that only it hap it can happen to anybody. Yeah, not me. Yeah, but <laughs> and um, yeah. So I guess yeah. the I'm just really really super grateful, John. Yeah, and that kind of makes you appreciate also, uh, and you already did. But uh, I've I've been lucky enough that we have been quite involved uh, in fundraising for the cancer clinic and made a couple of tours through there. And every time I go through it, I cannot believe what they do there. Uh, because our cancer clinic, and you appreciate it because you're close to it, is that some of the research that they are doing is at a world-class level. Yes. That, you know, 
this cancer clinic in Prince George developing processes procedures that are used at the world level. It's, Un it's really astonishing. Unbelievable. I mean, nobody wants to get into get cancer to get into that system, but I'll tell you, if it ha if you do, it's you're going to be okay. You have yeah. a much better chance now than you ever have at any given time. No question. Point about in that. time. Yeah. Um, because of the advances, exactly. uh, especially, um, you know, for the cancer I have, it will be eradicated because there is a vaccine for it. Yeah. One of them is Gardasil and yeah. all kids, boys and girls, uh, grades six, seven are being vaccinated. Is so, that right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. So there is a vaccine against the cancer okay. that I'm working through. Right. And, um, which seems kind of poignant to me. Yeah. when we're dealing with um, vaccinations and COVID and all yeah, those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so vaccinations can help. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt I'm they save lives. Yeah, I agree with you. you mm -hmm. know. How are you doing now? I'm and doing phenomenal. I'm yeah. doing really, really well. Yeah. Uh, it's coming up to one year. Yeah. And um, so I get checked like every 90 days. And uh, yeah. because they caught it early enough, my prognosis is yeah. very favorable. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a bump in the road. It's a yeah. wake up call. Yeah. I tell women, take care of yourselves. Yeah. I have a thing on my mirror now, John, that says if you don't take time for your good health, if you don't take the time to, yeah, to monitor your health, you will be forced to take time out to deal with your illness. Yeah. So yeah. that reminds me yeah. that health yeah. is wealth and it's the number one thing to take care of and you just can't get too busy that you don't take no. care of and things that you need there, to take care of. There is nothing more important than health. 100%. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, and, and the earlier we realize that, uh, the better. And then uh, if something happens, as you well know, the sooner we can do something about being proactive, the better. Absolutely. And, and uh, because uh, life is precious, you know, so. Oh, indeed. And we go do this and do that and change this and change the whole world. And all of a sudden, no. Yeah. You know? I was always too busy yeah. to take care of it. Well, yeah. boy, oh boy. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time dealing with it now. So, yeah. but um, I, I've met so many, uh, it is a life changer. I, of course, I'm not the first and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to be the last. No. But the number of uh, other women that I have met in the system, oh, wow, such strong people. Yeah. It's amazing. I think if anything, I, uh, I always was a little bit not tolerant of just complaining. Yeah. Now I got zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Right? It's, um, yeah. yeah, help, uh, help uh, being, being proactive, being responsible. Now I look at you, you know, you're still vibrant lady, beautiful lady. Oh, thank you're you. smart, you have passion and all those things. So where do you go from here? Are you going to stay involved and in, uh, you like city council or? I do. I love uh, city council. Yeah. It is, um, you couldn't pay for the education that I've received on city yeah. council and the people and the opportunities. Now the, the other thing, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but are you going to run for mayor? You know what? I'm leaving my options open. Yeah. Yeah. So because absolutely. that, uh, you know, the uh, 
you know, so uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you. No, please ask. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because I, uh, obviously I, I see uh, you've been very active on, uh, on city council. You've been very proactive in all the things. That, you know, Prince George has gone through an amazing period of change. And I believe that is a lot more to come, uh, you know, that uh, will happen uh, as Prince George's I, I sometimes say respectfully that, and I've always believed that, that Prince George will be successful not in spite of the politicians that will be successful. I'm not saying that they are doing the wrong thing, but we have such an abundance of resources here close to us, living in the province of British Columbia, in the middle Prince George with the roads, the railroads, yeah. the air, and such a natural location. And then what I've seen in the last number of years, in particular, in the fires come to mind where Prince George really took on a leadership role in, in the region. And I see that now happening, uh, you know, with mayor and council being much more active and you are being very active especially as executive director of the northern region for the yeah. buildings by uh, you know puts you in touch with all those regions and i believe that uh, penjords just because of where it is in all the infrastructure that we already have is a natural leader for uh, you know being the capital of northern british columbia and uh, uh, and John, you don't, you don't, you're preaching, you're singing to the choir. This is one of the best cities um, you could possibly live in. Yes. And the people are, are what make the difference. Yes. Don't you find? It is, it is literally incredible. Not yeah. every other city would take an entire other town. No. Into its fold. No. And um, I, I just, I. And this was not something that was predicted in oh, advance. Gosh. No. Yeah. All of a sudden it was step up to the plate now because we need you now and yeah. and it happened yeah know? no i serve with some really really great people and yeah. um and uh live with with phenomenal people that yeah. step up to the plate time and time again this yeah. is a city whether it's a 2015 canada games or whether it's a 2017 wildfires exactly everybody steps up it is literally astonishing it's humbling and other communities could really take note yes and the next thing that I like to see is the Center of Excellence through the College of New Caledonia, something not unsimilar to BCIT, where we have, right. uh, where we can work with First Nations and, uh, you know, with the communities around us and saying, let's build something in Northern BC that develops the skill sets for an emerging, changing economy that uh, we can develop the skill sets that we need that are retiring, that we don't have available. And then also the ones for new industries that will come in that includes uh, uh, technology, robotics, and all the other things. There is nothing in the world that we cannot do, but we must get a trained workforce and the center of excellence is critical for that. And, and I, I'm reminded virtue of that all the time, like, uh, you know, and you were there at the time as well, is that uh, if I think back on the University of Northern British Columbia, 
It was a battle. Uh, I was a writing president then of of that uh, writing, and we we fought the battle uh, to get this university as a freestanding university. And uh, you know, and and you know how politics can become. Uh, oh yeah, I think it was a five dollar membership or something. Yes, was yeah. it at the time I bought yeah. a me- yeah, 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 yeah. But but so a lot of people uh, together. I think there were. Uh, or thousands of them that bought a $5 ticket. But not only that, uh, you know, we, we uh, put the pressure on Victoria uh, to allocate the funds here for the freestanding university in Northern British Columbia. It was the best thing that we ever did in yeah. Northern BC. And, uh, uh, you know, and now I look around. Uh, the other day, uh, we had a meeting around our boardroom table and uh, in our company looking uh, kind of forward and of the six or seven people that were there, every single one of them, uh, you know, was a alumni of the University of Northern British Columbia, yeah. including me. I have an honorary doctorate. <laughs> I saw that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, wow. It was quite an honor. But, uh, yeah. you know, the point that I'm making is that a lot of those people that otherwise may have gone other places now staying here. Yeah. Because there's a good future in British Columbia and in, in Northern British Columbia and in particularly in the Prince George region. Oh, I agree. And um, and our health care here also. Yeah. And look at the fight to get a hospice, the yeah. fight to get a cancer center. Remember the exactly. um, what year was the rally when um, Prince, the, Prince George filled the CN Center uh, with the healthcare crisis we had for doctors. Yes. Remember that? Yes. It was thrown together in what, 72 hours? And all of a sudden it was full to the rafters. Exactly. Saying, pay attention to us yeah. up here. Yeah, and that right? was a major, major. Holy ooh, man. Yeah. yeah, what a turn now. Not every town can, not every city town can pull that off. No. John, no. but Prince George did. But Prince George can and will. And, and that's what Prince George is all about. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe the um, the location, the geography alone has made us kind of like we have that pioneer spirit still because we're, you know, we're ten hours away in any direction from another large center. We've had to really learn to really um, rely within ourselves to pull together to make great things happen. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it just, it yeah. really is. A, but, it's but, astonishing. But if you look back, uh, Terry, in the last uh, uh, 50 years, really, uh, you know, that puts us back, uh, you know, in the mid-60s, you know, Prince George then was a boom town, and, and all of Prince George changed, and people came in from far and wide, and then it started to become a community, and, and through a lot of struggles and hard things had to happen and people pulled together. Uh, good examples are the ones that you gave, uh, but that's how it has been for Ben George. And I think that's what makes it what it is. Yeah. And it lays the base for what can happen from here on in. Because I firmly believe that uh, uh, 20, 30 years from now, you will see uh, Prince George a couple of hundred thousand people. There's no question yeah. about that, you yeah. know, in I my agree. mind, you know. But with all the, um, I mean, there are, uh, was, was such rapid growth in such a short amount of time. There's been some pinch points too, right? There's always Obviously. growing pains. And um, we, we have other infrastructure that needs to keep up to the new neighborhoods. And, but that is just part of growth. That is all part of it, you know. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but, uh, and you've been 
a big part of it, uh, you know, over your two terms in, uh, in, in council. And uh, I like to see you being in there and maybe more beyond that, you know. So, Cherry, thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome.